Welcome to another edition of Hawk Off the Press after the final score. I'm John Steppe, joined by Mike Hoss in Lincoln after Iowa's nail-biting. Nail-biting seems to be a frequent word for it, but nail-biting 13-10 win over Nebraska. And 10-2 season, that doesn't happen every day, but let's start off with that last minute. I feel like that alone was like a game in itself. I don't remember it. <laughs> no, I mean, I look back at the play-by-play, and it's like, man, a lot of stuff happened in a minute. Uh, I had I had somehow blanked it out that Iowa had such little time left when it got started its final possession. It needed that big LeBron, LaShawn, excuse me, LaShawn Williams run to get into field goal position for a kicker who had never touched a football in an Iowa game before. Yeah, you think about so many things could have gone differently, but everything kind of just went into perfect alignment when you look at LaShawn's 22-yard carry that Kirk Ferentz said felt like seven, or looked like 70 or felt like 70 um, just because of how monumental each of those yards were. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, you just said it right. That 38-yard field goal that won the game didn't get over by too many no. yards, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. not going in if that's a 55-yard. Oh, geez, it's... If it's 45, I don't think it is. Um, I still maintain I don't think it would sell a copy outside the state of Iowa, but a a book about this season would be very interesting to read because it's had enough crazy for a millennium. Oh, yeah. You could make this whole last minute be one chapter. When you look at Iowa gets the ball with, I don't have these numbers off the top of my head, but I believe it's 55 seconds to go. yeah. Then that drive seems to be going nowhere. On third down, Deacon Hill throws an interception. Ah, a crazy play. Yeah. Third and 12 from their own 25 to throw that pass was just insane. And especially, granted, the holding penalty on the return, the interception return gave, the, gave Iowa a little bit of a hand there. But still, even after that penalty, all that Nebraska needed to do was go 20 yards. But then... Ethan Herkett from Cedar Rapids, Xavier, steps up. Um, he gave credit to Nick Jackson on making the pre-snap adjustment. So Herkett was in that middle zone there, and he was in the perfect place and made the play. And Yeah, but, I mean, I talk about a bad interception. And, and, yeah. Uh, that, was, that, that one was mind-blowing, the pass that Purdy threw. I mean, Herkett himself said he couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Nobody could believe it. It's like you just gave Iowa an unbelievable gift. And then the Hawkeyes took advantage of it. Yeah, which we've seen other times this year where Iowa has had really good opportunities and they haven't taken advantage. Yeah, that you're thinking of the end of the Minnesota game maybe. Where yeah. Forget the punt return that wasn't a punt return and the victory that wasn't a victory. They still had the ball at the Minnesota 46 with a minute and a half left and did nothing with it but turned it over. Okay, fast forward a month later and they win two games on last-minute drives uh, where they don't screw up the two-minute drill. They do get into good field goal position. Both of those games, Northwestern and this one, were won on 38-yard field goals. So from, from something pretty rotten for them, maybe came something pretty good, and here they are. You know, a month ago, 
I didn't see Iowa's getting to this spot. I really didn't. I didn't. I, I don't think any of us did. To no. Be, to be frank, within the program, they can say they did. But when they had lost to Minnesota, who saw them winning the next four? Well, I looked at all four of those games as potential coin flips, even Rutgers. Maybe, you know, maybe especially Rutgers. Yeah. And and here they are winning all four and only and three of them by one score, two of them in the last 15 seconds. Insane. Coin flip analogy, That there is kind of some truth to even how that played out, where a lot of those games, a few different things go differently, and we're talking about a different game, but... To Iowa's credit, they have done a better job than, and wrote about this earlier in the week, they've done a better job than anybody else in the West in recent years in terms of winning these kind of quote-unquote coin flip games. Well, uh, part of that is because they know how to win. It's a program that knows how to win. That's not a small thing. I mean, that's a real thing, and they've got it, and they've had it for a long time. And it gets discounted sometimes. I think familiarity breeds a lot of contempt. But the fact is, it's true. Uh, secondly, and I, I, you can lose sight of it when you're the team that finishes first, but the Big Ten West has got a whole lot of flotsam and jetsam in it. Yeah. You know, it, it is the definition of mediocrity. It, it's about as poor as any division in, at any level of sports in the history of the universe. I mean, it's got uh, it's got Iowa, and then it's got, ugh, and it doesn't seem like a single team in the division had an offense worth watching. No, that is a great point. Where you look at it, okay, Iowa is a clear number one in this division. Who do you say? Grand, the standings will say one thing after tomorrow, but. If you were just based on the eye tests, who's the well, second best team? That doesn't matter, and I wouldn't pay ten cents to watch any of them. But now, you know, now, again, as it was against Penn State, you go into a game against the big leagues. Yes. And um, this this throwing a pick like they threw uh, in the last minute isn't going to get, isn't going to cut it. No. This uh, only scoring 10 points when you get inside the Nebraska 10-yard line four times in the first half isn't going to cut it. No. They should have blown this game wide open and didn't. Getting two field goals blocked, short field goals, really, isn't going to get it done. Kicking the ball out of bounds on kickoffs isn't going to get it done. Uh, Completing 11 out of 28 passes probably isn't going to get it done. Only having 57 yards in the second half sure as hell won't get it done. They're going to have to play a game that is so much superior to one that they've played this season uh, to, to win Saturday. I would say even to be competitive on Saturday. Well, you know, the defense can keep them in against about anybody, I think. But you can't play giveaway at all. Uh, you've got to, I mean, this, this uh, just play the field position game for 60 minutes and hope that you wear them down with one running play. That ain't going to work. But the, as screwy as this season has been... I don't put anything past them. No, this seems to have filled the metaphorical bingo card for as many, even just today. Like, this obviously gets lost upon all the other bizarreness. But how often do you see a field judge have to exit the game with an injury? Like, the officiating crew is even going down. 
So it just seemed to be a lot of weird well, I, I things. Thought, I mean, throughout the fourth quarter, I thought they were going to lose. Yeah. I mean, it just had that feel like they let it get away. They owned the first half and didn't, but but we're only had ten to seven. And then in, in the second half, it was three and out for Iowa, three and out for Iowa, three and out for Iowa. Uh, they had two first downs in the whole second half. Who does that and wins against anybody anywhere? You know, unless you you built a thirty-five to nothing halftime lead. So uh, you know, it's the most illogical, strange, difficult to watch season that you can't take your eyes away from. Yeah, and I think it's captivated national attention in terms of just how bizarre it's been. And oh, you had—I mean, it was on CBS today, and it was like this was one time. Or if you were home and you wanted to watch, you're going to watch Miami Boston College, or you're going to watch Oklahoma and TCU, and it's like, no, I want to see the sickos play. You know, I want to see the game with the, the lowest over/under in history, and not just by a fraction, but by I think three full points. It kept dropping all week, and it's still, still the undercashed. Incredible. I did not think that was going to happen. I was thinking, okay, 24 and a half, this is too low for it to actually continue to go under. But there it did. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, it's a book. It's a book. I, I think you'd have to be a little per, uh, you know, perverse to, to want to read it, but... Or write it. <laughs> or, yeah, or write it. Uh, and it won't sell, but uh, we've we've seen 12 chapters now, and uh, you couldn't make this stuff up. No. Well, we have a long drive ahead of us back from Lincoln, so that will do it for this week's edition of Hawk Off the Press after the final score. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.